And I'm Eliza. a lot going on and we were off and we were off i got i got covid you got the vid yeah it has literally been crazy <laughs> it has I don't know how it is for y'all, your churches out there. I know this new variant is running wild, but it hit our church hard. Yeah. End of last year into the beginning of this year. Yeah. Like, I keep saying, I, like, knew more people that had COVID, like, now yeah. or in the past few weeks than, like, two years ago when this thing started. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, we we doubled or tripled our the people that have had it in this church now. Exactly. <laughs> now it's like, who hasn't had it, yeah, you know? Right. You kind of look around, who are the poor slobs you haven't even experienced it? Right. <laughs> Man, it's been crazy. Meanwhile, my son is like, he would just, if, you, if, you get, if he got the Rona tomorrow, he would just be, hey, off work. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Nathan was hoping. Yeah, He's the only one that, He's the only one that didn't get it. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, anyway, we're back. And we so are. We want to, we've got uh, some new uh, talking points for you today uh, as we continue just to talk about worship. And we are just, uh, we're, we're, we're pumped to be back, finally. Yes, absolutely. So, um, we um, we're going to have a revival services soon. We were supposed to have it this week, but, you know, as we just stated, COVID, you know. Yeah, we had to cancel that bad boy because of, because of the Rona, just running through our church. Well, just people getting back. I think it's just a question of people having time to heal to get back. Yeah. But I think we're going to be good. Yeah. February 20th when we have that. Yeah, we got them antibodies now running through this church. <laughs> um, anyways, so we uh, haven't talked about revival and what revival means in um the church and in a christian walk and so um we found this article um called five truths we need for church revival by greg steyer and um it's really good because um as we go into this a revival isn't just revival services or like if you may think of like the olden days of like the tent revivals and everybody comes underneath the tent or um even like the traveling revivals and all like that's services, but revival is so much more than that. Revival starts like in your heart and in you, and it's not just something you go to. And so I wanted to preface that before we begin. All right, let me let me ask you something because it, it brings it out right here at the beginning of this uh, this article. It, it it quotes Ephesians five fourteen: mm -hmm. Awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead. And Christ will give you life. And then it gives a George Whitfield quote that I've never heard before. It yeah. says, the Christian world is in a deep sleep. Nothing but a loud voice can waken them out of it. George Whitfield. Of course, he's talking about a, a spiritual sleep. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul in Ephesians, in his letter to Ephesus, was talking about uh, a spiritual sleep. Do you agree with that? Is that... Do you think that's pretty spot on? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I used just this past uh, this past week, and I used it before, talking about the, the old movie Joe versus the Volcano, and that quote from that movie. Yeah. Uh, 
where Meg Ryan is talking to Tom Hanks, and she tells him, he says, my father uh, believes that that most of the people that we meet are asleep, and only a few people are awake, and they are in total amazement at what they see. And I think that is, I, mm -hmm. number one, I think it's a cool, cool quote, but I also love to, uh, that analogy to us. We are the spiritual ones. We are supposed to be awake, but, you know, according to Scripture, according to George Whitfield, we're not always awake, right? Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I th and that's a problem, and I think that's why um, craziness and sin is so rampant, not only, like, just in the world of those that don't know Jesus, but in the church of the ones that do, because we're asleep. Like, um, I love it says it's time to answer the Holy Spirit's wake-up call. And I think for a while we've been trying to get a wake-up call and we keep hitting snooze because we like how we're living. And we're gotten complacent and comfortable. We have um, we have two services here, distinctly different. We have a traditional service and a contemporary service. And ever since I've been here, there's been a move. There's been people who wanted let's combine the services. Number one, we don't have the we didn't have the room for it. And, but I still believe that you never want to go backwards. You always want to move forward. Mm -hmm. And. And that's a, I, I realize that would be more comfortable for some people, but I don't think that's what God is, really wants of us. I think that he's calling us for more. Yeah. I agree. And like, um, it says, think about the potential of a church revival. There are just 120 me members of the original church in Acts chapter 1, but these believers were calling out to God for his spirit in a 10-day nonstop prayer service. God answered their prayers in Acts 2. The Spirit came and their little church exploded from 120 to over 3,000 in attendance in an instant. And to me, like, I like have even like thought like, um, like in my quiet time to do like go through Acts again to, you know, see what a biblical church is and kind of like go back to the roots. Obviously, like we have like, um, you know, grown and like with our technology, everything since, um, you know, the 30s AD or 40s AD, you know, but, but it's something about how they just were fully reliant on the Holy Spirit to move and how like they were in community with one another. And there's certain things that we need to get back to as the church, you know, from like the OG church. <laughs> I think we, we definitely need to read ignite that excitement that we had when we were first saved. Mm -hmm. When we first found the Lord and we were excited, we just wanted everybody to know we wanted, you know, right. parents or, you know, grandparents, everybody, we wanted everyone to know exactly what God had done for us. And so, I think that's, we've got to get back to that. The church has got to get out of its apathy and into walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. And with that, unlike the early church in Acts 1, we don't have to pray to receive the Spirit. We already have Him. The question is, does He have us? And are we yielding ourselves to Him in full surrender? Man, Oof. Does He have us? <laughs> mm. Go ahead. That's good. If we were, our church would be exploding with new disciples. The indwelling Holy Spirit is calling us and giving us His wake-up call. 
Will we answer the call? And I like how it says exploding with new disciples. I think it needs to be distinct in saying, um, like, disciples are those growing. It's not just about numbers. Oh, like, five people got saved and we never see them again. Or we had ten people get baptized this Sunday. What are you doing with those that are saving, those that are coming to church? And even if, like, you've been in church in a long time and you can still be just as spiritually infantile, you know? <laughs> um, but a new disciple is you growing in your walk and then disciples disciple people. And it's, are you, are you now, like, as a, you're a disciple, are you helping bring in, like, this next, next generation? Well, it's, we, we kind of do that in our, with our deacons right now. We have something called a yoke fellow program where someone comes in for a year and kind of works under our deacons and just kind of gets their feet wet and sees exactly what that process is like. And so it, it's not somebody, I don't think it's necessarily somebody, a disciple is not necessarily somebody who just come into the door for the first time. Uh, right. Those aren't the people need, we all need disciples. Right, exactly. We all need to have somebody we're looking up to and following after Christ and growing in our faith. And so, so that's, that's not, don't hear that as something that, that's only for new people. That's something right. we all need. Right, absolutely, absolutely. Alrighty, so, are we ready? Um, the five truths we five need, truths truths we need for, for church, church revival. Number one. Wake up to the power of prayer. I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases our Savior. We want all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's 1 Timothy 2, 1-4. This next line is just gold. So Alrighty. Here it is. Bridget. When prayer becomes the engine, not the caboose, of a ministry efforts, then our churches become an unstoppable train that advance the gospel in unimaginable ways. Isn't that amazing? Fire. Man. Fire. So many mic drop moments in this article. Yes. That's good, folks. Man, I feel like a lot of times, like, we see a situation come up, like, not only in our personal lives, but in the church as well, and our last resort is prayer instead of our first thing. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times our prayers are like 911 calls. We just wait to the last possible moment. We try to, we exhaust every other resource before we go to the Lord. And, And that is just the opposite of the way things need to be. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Not what he intended. (laughs) To experience this, we must learn how to pray with passion, focus, and faith. We must pray for the lost. We must pray for each other. We must pray for this nation. We must pray for the world. We must pray that God intervenes to break up the hard soil of unregenerate hearts and send forth seed chuckers who will spread his message everywhere to everyone. Let's wake up to the need to pray. <laughs> seed chuckers. Send forth seed chuckers. That's a, that's a mouthful. That's it a is. I know. I had to like stop because <laughs> I, was, I was about to say that's seed okay. suckers. And I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> I am, I I'm sorry. So, so we do. I think, the, I think the power of prayer is so important. And so many... Uh, we actually talked about maybe talking about some of the history of revival today, but really this is kind of a good foundation mm-hmm. for it. 
And many of the revivals, if not all the revivals, started out with a few people praying. praying. Rather than some big evangelist, rather than some big name, rather than the way we might think that God will want to move, He moves when we pray. Yeah, um, absolutely. I heard it one time, I was part of a camp, and our thing that, um, I was like one of the leaders in the camp, and that we would always, um, before like the day would begin, we would meet together, and then at the end, or like, so like we had like six hours, it was like at the beach, and so then, um, before like we started worship that night, we would also meet, like, all the leaders. And one of the things that was said was, um, if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Because I think, like, if you're, like, a leader that's working behind the scenes and you got, like, because, like, we led the small groups. We helped serve food. We, you know, did anything else that was needed, like, go to the store, whatever. And, um, or even, like, just, like, having fun at the beach or, like, trying to talk to students. Um, You can let, even good things get in the way. And so it's always like stuck with me. If you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. Bill Hybels wrote a book several years ago. I mean, this is several years ago now. And his title of his book was Too Busy Not to Pray. Mm. And that is, and it's so true. And it's so true that, and I really think that the world is designed this way to pull you away with so many different activities. You've got a thousand different mm-hmm. places you could be right now. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes you need to, you've heard of stop and smell the roses. We need to stop and get on our knees. Absolutely. And, and, and pray and talk to God and make sure we put him, him first instead of just part of the activity of the day. Absolutely. Like it's like there needs to be like a conversation you need to have with yourself. And what am I prioritizing? Because, I'll tell you, non-believers, they see what you prioritize. You know, and if it's not um, reading scripture, if it's not praying, like, your actions show it. Your words show it. And they're going to see it. You feel it. Oh, yeah. You feel it when you don't pray. And and you're right. Your actions, your words, what you say, some, what you don't say, will all be revealed. How much time you spend in prayer will be totally just open up to the world like Eliza was saying. So make sure, number one, it's so important. Absolutely. Not just seeking revival, but just in your daily, daily walk. Mm-hmm. All righty, number two, wake number up two. to the need for holiness. Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only for gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some for common use. Those who clean themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. Second Timothy 2, 19 through 21. All right, here we go. I want to stop you. I want to do this. Okay. All right, let me read the next jaw-dropping moment. Okay. And I want to ask you about it. Okay. okay. God only serves church revival on clean plates, so we must purify our hearts. If there is sin in the camp, we need to address it. If there is sin in our lives, mm. we need to confess it. Ooh. That's good. Isn't it? Oof. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't think I think that sometimes we read that. Well, that's talking about big sin, or that's mm. talking about you know sin between a church member and another. Well, yeah, it is. But do you think it's talking about more than just like what we consider big sins? I think it's talking about all sin. Oh yeah. Right. Any any sin 
personal, any as small, as minute, and insignificant as you think it is, it's big to God. So make mm-hmm. sure you confess sin. Sin is like uh, when we used to have uh, corded telephones cutting the cord yeah. to the telephone. Absolutely. I mean, it's truly like take time to examine your life. Because, <laughs> like, I'm, I mean... I'll confess there was like um, a sin that I hadn't even like thought was a sin that God convicted me of just this week. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> the next line is great too. It's talking about accountability. Yeah. Um, that is so, that's so hard mm-hmm. because I think trust is at an all time low. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because, mm-hmm. no, I mean, you're, I know with, with young people especially, they think, I mean, if I trust somebody, that might end up on TikTok or mm-hmm. any other social media that's around. Yeah. Yeah, it says we need to have people in our lives that keep us accountable in these areas so that together we can walk in purity. As James 5.16 reminds us, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Like... I was having a conversation with somebody just about this um, accountability and everything. It's like we, um, and like it says, like it's going to help us walk in purity together, you know. Um, And as a church, we should have the freedom to confess our sin and not be judged. We should, um, you know, not even like just as I'm not going to like stand up and like tell all my sins to the church, but have those trustworthy people in your life like, that you can, and knowing that it's going to be vice versa, you know, um, and you're going to help each other. And we don't even do that nowadays because we're just so scared. But also, I think we allow Satan to tell us lies that we're the only ones that struggle with sin. We're the only ones that do that. If you say this, you know, they're not going to love you. They're going to, um, and you just let shame and guilt get in the way too many times. And instead of, hearing this scripture and what it says and what God says about um, there's no condemnation in Christ. There's, you know, that he's still going to love. He still forgives you. Um, But instead we cling to our shame and our guilt where we won't, you know, let this help us. Okay, two things before we move on to three. Okay, because I know we're probably going long in this section. But two things is, number one, use discernment when you choose your accountability mm-hmm. partner, right? Everybody that you, that wears the Christian t-shirt is not right. worthy of you open up your life to. They're, and they're not going to treat that information like you need it to. Use accountability. Pray about it. Let mm-hmm. God reveal to you someone that you can do that with. And, and number two, I think this process is... Is kind of like falling in love, and I mean by what I mean by that is that you have like um, an object of your affection, and you have to put your heart out there and and open up and tell that person how you feel in order for that relationship to progress. Right. And and this is exactly what this is. You have to really kind of put your heart into it and open up yourself and that is like i said earlier that is hard it's it's hard for me trusting people is hard for me 
mm-hmm. but it's something that I, I believe that will help us, and it's helped me in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it says really quickly, I'm going to read this because I think it's some good stuff in this. As my old youth minister ministry professor used to say, we confess to God to be forgiven. We confess to each other to get healed. May we have churches that encourage this kind of relational reality checks so that we get beyond the surface of everything's fine to the raw struggles underneath that all of us have. As, as we do, we can live an increasingly holy life that leverages the power of our prayers with heaven. Again, as James reminds us, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let's wake up to the need for holiness. All right. All right number, number three. three. Wake up to the necessity of faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Hebrews eleven six. And then, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Um, that's Hebrews, or from Hebrews twelve fourteen. And without faith, no one will experience holiness. Living a life of true holiness that increases our prayer impact is not a matter of keeping a list of trying to erase our sins in our own human strength. It is a matter of living a life of faith in Christ, who can live his already conquered sin through the cross-resurrection life through us. We can experience church revival if we live a life of faith that God uses to purify our hearts. And when we live like this, our prayers will have an ever-increasing impact. Like Daniel, the angels who delivered the answer to our prayers could say to us, as soon as you begin to pray, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. And that's from Daniel 9. I love how, like, all of these kind of build on each other. Yeah. And I think, like, uh, God's never going to tell you to stay in your comfort zone. Right. And to never move. Right. Right. Those two things are, are, are different. Uh, still water is stagnant water. And you are never to be stagnant in your faith. The water that, the living water is, is moving. It's constantly mm-hmm. moving and growing. He's constantly telling you to, right. to step up and step out. So that's not, this is not a small one. They're, all these are good. These are not, yeah. not a, number three is not small. We need faith. Faith helps us to grow. Yeah. And like, we always need to grow. If Even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, you have not made it. You don't make it till you get to heaven, you know? Um, and so we are always growing. Our faith is always expanding and expounding um, as you grow. But that is, um, you grow through, you know, reading your Bible, through prayer, through going to church, through, you know, um, growing in holiness and all that comes together. Um, and cause I mean, the Lord, like, I mean, will test your faith, you know, and, and he will take you through a bunch of stuff sometimes to help you grow in your faith. And it's not because he hates you. It's cause he loves you and wants, he, and he sees the potential that you have, you know, to live for him. I was, I, I was listening to, uh, Passion from last year, and it was I think his name Joel Houston, the uh, United uh, Hillsong United guy, right? And he was he got up there and he was just like, keep in mind that this is like in the heat in the middle of COVID season, right? I mean, I'm surprised they were really. Luckily, Georgia's open; they could people could come mm-hmm. and, and have it. He said he got up there and he just 
I think he maybe a little bit of strumming and then it stopped. I don't even know what year it is. <laughs> and he was like, uh, he just poured his, opened up his heart. She was like struggling and, and what it means. And, and really, God puts you through those times to grow you in your faith mm-hmm. and draw you closer to him. A lot of yeah. people think like those times are God punishing them. But right. God is really doing something in the in those seasons to grow you and bring you uh, to grow you in your faith. Absolutely. You ready for number four? Yes. Number four. Wake up to the urgency of the gospel. Mm, good one. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Romans 1, 6. I had to, like, stop. I, like, know that verse. You know how some, like, verses you can, like, read, like, really quickly because you got it, like, memorized? I was like, okay, slow down, slow down. <laughs> but um, a church revival congregation is a gospel-advancing church. Mm. It is a church that unashamedly brings the good news of Jesus to a world in desperate need of it. We must wake up to the need to share the gospel. Um, I think that sometimes... In- in this, like whenever he called the disciples, uh, Matthew, the tax collector, left his money and followed Jesus. The fishermen dropped their nets and followed Jesus. And I think that's the that's the expectancy and the urgency that it's talking about. Yeah. Uh, I think we think that if you've got God under control and the way you like him, then you're not in the, in the way he wants you. Mm-hmm. So make sure that we have an urgency in sharing the gospel. I think this is a result of apathy, and apathy is a result of a a slack prayer life, Mm -hmm. no accountability, and everything that we've been talking about up until now. Absolutely. I believe that the gospel should be presented every Sunday morning. Mm. And... And I believe you do a good job of that, no matter what Sunday it is. And we've talked about it before in um, one of our podcasts, like uh, several months ago. Um, but it should be preached every Sunday, and I think, and, and honestly, every chance you get, you know, it should be preached um, in your life. And like, um, I just was listening to Casting Crowns' new album, and one of the songs on it was. Um, I may be your best friend, and I can do all this for you. I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the words in front of me. But um, <laughs> I can do all this. Like I think he mentioned, like, save you from a burning building. But I'm not showing you that I love you until I tell you about Jesus. Oh, wow. yeah. And that is good stuff. And I think a lot of times, like, we have to remember that the gospel, the good news is Jesus and what he's done. And I think so many times we try to... Um, Narsajit scripture and put ourselves in it, that is the it becomes the good news of us. <laughs> like, um, I've heard a pastor that every Sunday he talked about himself more than he talked about Jesus. And I used to say, oh yeah, like I heard the good news of so-and-so today, you know? <laughs> um, and even like putting yourself in like scripture and everything, like you have to remember like, um, it's the good news of Jesus and what he has done because we could not do anything. We were helpless and dead in our sin, but it's Jesus. We, we call it, I mean, that's a good point, uh, and we call it good news for a reason, but we treat it like a, we're having getting a root canal. Right. And to share, like, you know, torture with someone. 
then that's the opposite of what it is. You're not trying to talk someone into something. This is not a pyramid scheme. This is not Amway products. I'm sorry for any Amway salesman that are listening right. to this podcast. This is not a pyramid scheme. It's not something where you have to get people working under, underneath you, but it, it, it's, it's mm-hmm. a desire and an urgency in our spirit to share the gospel because we know that he, God, Jesus could come back anytime. Absolutely. Like, I'm really good at um, talking about movies and TV shows that I love because I want you to see the movie and the yeah. TV show. I am really good at sharing memes and TikToks. Right. Like, um... There's a joke that, like, one of my love languages is, like, sending TikToks, you know, like, <laughs> and you may be the same way, but it's the verses of, like, are you really sharing Jesus as much as you're sharing these other things? Uh, yeah. And that's on, like, me, too. Like, I'm talking to me. <laughs> um, but can you hear the voices of those who have passed on to the next life? Some are leaning over the banister of heaven, calling down. Others are looking up from the flames of hell, screaming out, but both have the same message. Tell others so they can experience hope in the next life. Gospel urgency requires gospel fluency. Mm, That's good. In other words, if the people in your church are motivated to share the good news of Jesus, but can't articulate that message in a clear and compelling way, then it will not lead the church to revival. Mm. And that needs to be looked at at churches. You know, like... Do they know this? Can they, I mean, ask it, can they articulate the gospel? Yes. And if not, you're a country club, not a church. Yeah. Ooh. Might drop for Eliza today. Yeah, just quote me on that. Yeah, quote her on that. Number five. Alrighty, number five. Oh, man. Um, I'll go ahead and say I'm, I'm like revving it up. Um, this is something big on my heart. Yeah. So, Wake up the potential of youth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. 1 Corinthians 1, 27. Since there's nothing more foolish than the typical American teenager, <laughs> we shouldn't underestimate these young people as a potential agent of revival. God loves to use the unlikely to accomplish the unimaginable because it brings unbelievable glory to Him. Man, I so agree. I got... Two things to share on this before we like finish, uh, continue on. One, um, if you are complaining about worship styles, saying that you don't like contemporary or praise and worship or whatever, then your heart is not for the heart of reaching others. Yeah, the young people. Because this is the music that is bringing them into church. I mean, yeah, like, it'd be awesome if they like knew like, the hymns and the history of that. That's another conversation. But if you are hindering uh, your church from moving in a direction that is getting youth in, you are selfish. And, I mean, I hate to say that, but, like, it is. But, like, this is what the kids, like, are, like, coming in. And then you get them in the door, and then you preach Jesus. Well, I heard... uh Friend of mine, Brian Mallard was just talking about this. The coming to church is not about we're not the audience, right? Or the congregation's not the audience, you know, mm-hmm. the but absolutely. But God is the audience, uh huh. And we need to remember that. And so the tools we get we to get there to worship Him are are fluid. 
Mm-hmm. The Bible's unchanging. Right. As long as you keep that. Yeah, the message does not change. But, um, yeah. And so an example of this, I don't think I've even told you. Um, a few weeks ago, so I, um, on Wednesday nights, I lead worship in the um, regular service, like the adult service. And then I go back and I lead worship with the youth. And a few weeks ago, um, two weeks ago, I was um, singing I Thank God by Maverick City. It's one of my absolute favorites. It is a, it slaps. Um, it's a jam. Um, and two of the youth started having a dance battle while singing I Thank God. <laughs> or while we were singing I Thank God. And like they were into it and that was... Um, sometimes it's a struggle to get them to, um, you know, sing even instead of just looking at me and the fact that they were like into it and that they were enjoying it. And I'm like, you know, whatever to be done for the glory of God, you know, what, whatever is getting them involved and like hearing the words of this song and and a response I am all for it. So I'm trying to sing, play the keyboard, and hype them up. Also try not to laugh because it was great. But then, like, they were, like, talking about it. And, like, you know, that they loved it. And, like, they were, you know, worshiping through a dance battle. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, you know. <laughs> okay, listen to this. Age 4 to 14, 85 percent of the Lord, right, out of, like, that is, that is a ton, that's a big chunk of the pie. That's a big percentage of the people. In other words, if you don't reach them by the time they're 14, and that number used to be higher. Mm. Wow. And, and if, you don't, if you don't reach them by the 14, the chance of reaching them goes down. So mm. I believe it. I believe it. Dramatically. Like there's so many that um, they graduate from high school and you'll never see them in a church again. Man, and it's, that's sad. So that's we've got a short time to make a big impact. Absolutely. And they, can make, and they can make even a bigger impact when they share with their friends. Absolutely. Teenagers come to Christ quicker and can spread the gospel faster and farther than adults. So the quick, quickest way to revive a church is through the youth. That's why I challenge you to unleash their potential by getting them to make and multiply disciples. Youth ministry is strategic. Every great awakening in the history of the United States has had teenagers on the leading edge. I agree. I think, like a lot, the, I think the rest of it's more of a commercial. But yeah. The, uh, I think number one, he's right. Mm-hmm. And, and don't don't hear that point five that unleash the potential of youth. That is just like don't think that okay okay let's give up on the adults and focus. No, you don't give up. No. On any age group. No. But it's just saying that those youth have a lot of potential to bring about change and bring about revival. They're very excited. Y'all know who else is excited? New believers. Mm-hmm. So so reaching people and you know and, and doing the work of evangelism is so so important. That's one of the reasons why yeah. revival is right. Not that the revival itself brings the people, but the change that revival the impact that mm-hmm. it has. Will, will change your church. Yeah. Really good. Like, be supportive in all these things. Get and let them, like, get involved as they're being discipled, you know, in service and everything. Um, and also, just, like, look within your heart. Like, we say, like, 
revival like starts with you like don't wait till like the next revival service um like i said um the other week that like um with i use a diet how like you know you're starting that diet on monday so like the weekend you're like eating everything you can't have you know don't like okay revival is next month the revival services is next month so i'm just gonna live how i want to and then i'm gonna be at the altar that first night no like the Lord wants to do amazing, life-changing things in you. You know, He wants to mold and shape you from the inside out so you can grow in Him and grow in faith and look more like Him And um, because He loves you so much. And so um, take the time to pray and get in Scripture. Let revival, revival starts in you and like we mentioned, in every big revival, it started with a group, a tiny group of believers praying with one another, confessing their sins to one another, and it grew and changed a country, you know? Right. And when it happens, it'll, it'll just blow up. It's, so many revivals in the past have just been uh, affected industry, affected stores, mm-hmm. you know, shut down bars. It was just amazing what impact it had on. Uh, on the community, don't give up. Yeah. Uh, keep your keep your eyes. Pray for it. Uh, take the time. And today, you know, y'all know we've been lo- we're lulling ourselves to sleep. We we can now watch church when we want to, mm-hmm. rather than get up and go. We can, but take the time to do this. Invest in your church, mm-hmm. and it will come back to you like fivefold. Yeah. It's like take the time to like look within yourself and what. And have a conversation with you and God of like, what is getting in the way from you experiencing revival? But also, as churches, we need to do our own thing of looking inward. What is keeping us? What is hindering us from revival? It all starts on that personal level. Mm-hmm. It all starts on the individuals and the views. Absolutely. Right. Are you ready? Do you have your quote, quote? of... I do. Okay, so it's not necessarily like own worship, but it is, you know. Um, But it's um, C.S. Lewis. And it's, um, I have it memorized. Okay. Um, I want God, not my idea of God. And I feel like it went with um, this, of how like we box God in, we make him be what we want him to be instead of who he is. And who like the biblical God? That's good. Of course, C.S. Lewis won't let you down. C.S. Lewis won't. For sure, you can always count on C.S. Lewis and A.W. Tozer. All right, mine is from Frederick Lewis Donaldson. It's from 1925. The seven social sins are wealth without work, pleasure Mm. without conscience, knowledge without character. Commerce without morality, science without humanity, worship without sacrifice, mm. politics without principle. Ooh, that's good. Now all that's of those good. are like, all of those are. You know, some of that's dealing with your how you run your business, and some of it's dealing with your character, and some of it's dealing with with pleasure, and some of that's dealing with money, but it also. It's the, like, for instance, wealth without work. Work is something that goes all the way back to Genesis in the 
Bible. Pleasure mm -hmm. without conscience. God wants you to let the Holy Spirit lead you and not yourself lead you. Change right. your heart. Mm -hmm. Follow after Him and not you. Knowledge without character. Now we're losing that. We're losing character in school. Commerce with, uh, without morality. Man, all these things are happening like right now. We're, we do have, we're without conscience. We're without morality. We're mm. without character now. That's why we need revival. Yeah. But I think it makes, one of it all stems from worship without sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. Because how much does it cost you to come to church? Yeah. And how much are you giving when you get there? Yeah. One of the first um, words about um, worship in the Bible was, um, I, I could totally be wrong, but I feel like this is correct, was when Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac. And then, like, the a ram was provided, and they, you know, he went, you know, as a worship, and it was going to do that sacrifice. And then it turns into sacrifice, worship, and obedience, too. I'd heard that somewhere. Somebody told me that, and it's like, I st it stuck with me. <laughs> So you throwing out Cain and Abel there? Oh, I said one of the first instances of worship. Okay, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Yeah, no, no, no. We got. <laughs> accountable. There we go. <laughs> Example A. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. So. Yeah. So since um, it's been a while. Um, we decided that we have our top five songs for worship. Top five. Top five. And we won't go through all of them like we normally go through it. We'll just lead to our first one. So, I'll go with mine. Um, my number five. And we'll also, like, post these so you can, um, get to it. Uh, or just, like, listen to them. The ones that we don't, like, go through. But number five is Let Yourself Be Loved by Laity. Um, all I say is really good. Um, it's part of it is us talking to God and the rest is God talking to us. I love songs like that. Alrighty. Number four is Worship from a Wretch by Front Porch Steps. That's also really like authentic raw worship song. Number three is Wouldn't It Be Like You by Brian and Katie Torwalt. Um, it's amazing. Like... I'm obsessed. Um, number two is um, I Don't Live For Myself by Isla Vista Worship. Um, what I'll say about that is become, I've become obsessed with Isla Vista Worship. I could honestly have done a top five list of just their songs. I have listened to Isla Vista and these five or these four songs that aren't Isla Vista for the past few weeks. <laughs> um they're cool. All right. All right. So, and then my number one is called 139 by Red Rocks, Red Rocks <laughs> Worship. <laughs> Red Rocks Worship. <laughs> um, and it is um, from an album that they had a few years ago called Living Liturgies. Liturgies? I can't talk, apparently. I've been talking too much. Uh, Living <laughs> Liturgies. And it is Psalms 193. Um, and I love scriptural songs that are straight out of scripture. But it says, You've searched me and known me. You're ahead of my every thought. All my ways are familiar. You memorize my words before I talk. I can never get away. Why would I want to? 
for the night is bright as day and dark as light to you. You are the one I praise, and you say I'm beautifully made, and your thoughts are precious to me, more than the sand as far as, you, as the eye can see, more than the sand as far as the eye can see. And then, like it goes on, um, and with verse 2, and it's literally like, again, straight out of scripture. And um, it was, um, I discovered this song a f- like few, about a week ago now. Um, and it was just like, I was just letting all my insecurities get in the way. I just, um, I don't know, was just like my own worst critic and enemy with everything. And so in my quiet time, I just went straight to Psalms 193. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired of hearing the lies I'm telling myself and the lies that I'm letting in that Satan's trying to also add to everything. And the best thing for me to do is just go to Psalms 193. And so I read it. And then I'm like, I know there's got to be songs. And I was looking for another song. Um, to like accompany the, um, cause you know, I'm a music person, you gotta have, a, is there a song for that? <laughs> and, um, I was looking for another song and this song came up and I've literally, it's, um, the first song I've been listening to the first, the last song, um, that I listened to for the past week. And, um, man, it, it is so good. It's very like acoustic, little folky. It's so good. Yes. Northport Worship has a new one out. It's called Deliverer. I haven't listened to it. Have you heard that? No. Okay, because you're behind the time. I, I'm, apparently. I'm on the cutting edge. <laughs> so my friend Garrett turned me on to that. So that's a, it's, it's kind of going through their you know, their network of churches, and everybody really loves it. So huh. That's Deliverer by North Point Worship, or what is it, Inside Out? Inside Out, yeah. yeah. Okay. So then the, the next one is uh, By House Fires, Breathe Again. That's good. Dante Bo and Pat Barrett, Nothing Something. Oh my gosh. Y'all, that's my jam there. Brandon Lake and Chris Brown might get loud. Have you heard that? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh, Brandon Lake. Oh, those two. They just got I love Elevation Gray. has a new album and so he's they probably just he heard about it. Yeah. Hello, Grave Garden. <laughs> 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 All right. And and my top song. Is Daniel Dahl's speaking terms. I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be. <laughs> Y'all, this song just got all over me. I think it's because, like, it's speaking to, like, us, like, right now. And it, and just like what I was talking about with Joel and Houston, just kind of opening up. I don't even know what year it is. I think that is just, like, could you get these guys on stage? And you know, they're supposed to have it all together. They're supposed mm-hmm. to be speaking into us. And, and, when, and he gets up there and says, I don't even know what year it is. I mean, he's, he's getting real. Right? Things are getting real. And I love the words of this. It says, I have to admit, it feels a little weird to bow my head and pray. It's been so long since I've been on my knees to, the, to start the day. I can probably trace it back to a moment or a season where I felt betrayed. Are we still on speaking terms? Mm. It's been quite a year. I never imagined that it would end this way. I dove all in and did all that I could to trust you and obey, but you never promised I play out the way I dreamed. I shut you out, and it just hurt me. Are we still on speaking terms? Are we still on speaking terms? 
Mm. I just want to go back to the garden where the dew is still on the roses, where we're walking and we're talking, and you tell me I am yours. I want to go back to where we started, where the thief is still empty-handed, where we're walking and we're talking. Oh, I miss that time with you. Oh, and it, this, and you keep expecting him to say the line, but it, then it goes into, are we still on speaking terms? Are we still on speaking terms? Are we still on speaking terms? Man, how many of us have not been there? Nobody, right, nobody. nobody. I mean, we've all been at that place, and and think of his voice, kind of like a like a Zach Williams, but it's just a very like you're talking about a slow acoustic. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's just been speaking to me. I've had it on my heart, and I just just these words and the way some somebody takes like a normal everyday word and turns it on its head and applies it to Christianity. That always just speaks to me. So, so kudos on you. Daniel Dolls for uh, for writing something that matters and writing something that that speaks to people. Yep, man, good list, good list. Well, again, we'll post them um, so you can see our top five and check them out for yourself. Get on our level. <laughs> what what is your top top five? What is the song that's speaking to you? Yep. Get on our Facebook page and respond. This is the song uh, uh, that's speaking to me. And in the comments, uh, yes. after we post this. Absolutely. Right. You got anything else? I think that's it. I feel like we've had a lot to talk about yeah. since we've been gone. Oh, probably for an hour. <laughs> guys, guys, thanks for tuning in to the Worship Chat. I'm John. And I'm Eliza. We'll see you next time. See ya.